Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. My Sorry name is John Allen Turner, and the guy over there who won't stop making noise is, of course, Hal Edward Runkle. Hal, what are you doing were you today? Ever in, were you ever in a singing group where you had the egg filled with beads? <laughs> <laughs> or the tambourine guy. Oh, the tambourine Tambourines guy. are harder to play than you think they are. Yeah, well, Until you start trying to play one. Tambourines are like, are, I think, are like anchovies. Okay. Once tell- you add a tambourine, it pretty much becomes a tambourine band. <laughs> yeah, can... I feel that way about the triangle. Yes. Ting, ting, uh, if you ting, add a uh, if you add anchovies to a pizza, doesn't matter what else you have on it. It's an, it's an, an-, an-, an- anchovy pizza. It's an anchovy pizza. Okay. It just dominates like that, and uh, and that's that's what the triangle. No, I mean, no, I don't know the triangle. I mean, certainly the cowbell. Yeah, yeah. That's why they did the skit. Of course. Yeah. So so what uh what you're playing with a box of tacks over yeah, there. Hey, That's what you got. Anything can make music. <laughs> if you've got music in your heart. It's going to be one of those days. It already is. It it already has been. It already is. Okay. Yes. How yeah. are you today? Um have you been outside? It is unbelievable. Gorgeous. Why we live in Atlanta. Right? Middle of July and it is 82 degrees with like 30% humidity. Well, you know what that you know what this is? This is the um Polar vortex mm. has returned. Remember ah. the same thing that yeah, we had caused us to uh, to freeze over twice True. is now causing autumnal temperatures, unseasonably cool, a record low for this date in Kansas City today. Oh, really? Yeah, mm. I've been tracking with it. It feels glorious. It does. Not a cloud in the sky. And so I'm I surprised just... you're not on the golf course. It is hard. Hard. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have uh, some appointments this afternoon. And oh, I, had yeah, a lunch, yeah. I had a lunch appointment and blah, blah, blah. But I did drive all around with that, you know, windows down. Of course. Yeah, I drove in the, this morning uh, with the windows down. Yeah, uh, sunroof open. Man, it's beautiful. What's the difference between a sunroof and a moonroof? Can anyone explain that to me? A sunroof, I believe, opens. And a moonroof does not. A moonroof is just the glass. Really? I believe that is the case. <clears throat> I one of our listeners, really one of our eight listeners, we used to have 12 know. and now we only have eight uh, because we talk about stuff like this. Um, one of our eight listeners probably surely knows and will send me an email at john t at screenfree.com and they will explain the difference because Google is not, I, I don't, you don't want to do it? I don't want to do it. Not right now. It's right in front of you. I'll forget it. You want to do it. I, I, I a little want to do it, but I'm not going your to. Finger, I'm not going to waste our listeners' time. My fingers are already typing. My fingers moon itch. Roof. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google.com. By the way, did you see the... Uh, the supermoon? No, I did see the uh, supermoon. That, that was moon. pretty spectacular. No, did you see the report about <laughs> the phantom itching stuff that's happening with among cell phone users? No. Yes. <laughs> it, it was just out where we, we start to get little itches, and they... It's it's is it a psychosomatic thing? Is it a very because low, you're using it right? Is it low level radiation stuff? Radiation poisoning or, in yes. your fingertips? It's it's in like your oh my wrist word. or some people. We're gonna start are... developing superpowers now. I mean, I like... have I have felt the phantom the buzz phantom buzz. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. I've read re- I've read studies about that. Yes, but that this was everyone something thinks new. their phone is buzzing when it's not. Yeah, this is something new. This is like. Uh, the low level emittance from the cell phone that's is, causing yeah. some kind of it, like well, it's interacting same, with your nervous system. Yeah, and, and and it's the same thing about you know the the report saying guys, if you want to have kids, you don't put your don't phone put in, it your in your pocket, pocket because yeah. it is lowering one of the things. Yeah, there's many things we don't. Wish know somebody told me that ten years ago. Lowering sperm count and uh, 
your daughter's over ten. I yeah, my uh, my youngest one. So that's a yeah. It yeah. was a little bit of a were joke. You, were you it trying didn't quite to work? Were yeah. you trying to have a fourth? I, I, no, we weren't trying to have a third. Oh. So, um, so that joke failed on many levels. Yes, I'm tired today. Many I'm, many levels. Not that you ever ask me how I'm doing. I was just but I'm tired. tired just today. realize I, that I never I ask, ask you, how you how you're every doing. single time how you're doing. You are well. You're kind of more the host here, I, and I'm polite. Wow. So well. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, please don't. I don't apologize. I am trying to process through that. I am not, uh, you know me. I am not the. <laughs> I've met you a few yes, times. I'm not the warm breeze blowing <laughs> through the office you in the not. morning. How's everyone? Top of the <laughs> morning mean, to you. No, that is not me. <clears throat> no, you know, I I like to think of myself as if if you have an issue, I will. And actually, seriously, want to talk about something? I will stop absolutely everything and have that conversation. But we had that conversation this morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and really, I I uh, I think the growth on your back isn't as bad as you think. It is. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's just hair. But I understand why you needed to close the door before you showed me. <laughs> but I like to think that I, there's a. But but I just don't major in niceties. That's I love okay. that word. Niceties. Yeah, it, it, people like you. Love to use the word niceties mm-hmm. because to you, in your own head, it doesn't sound condescending at all. At all, exactly. <laughs> but to everyone, everyone else, <laughs> pleasantries, pleasantries, niceties. I, I don't, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not. <clears throat> now, informal like dinners and greetings and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, see, I can, yeah, I can you rock can, that. You room. can uh, work the room. Yeah, with yeah, the best I can do of that. them. It's just on a normal day. You, I, you don't like I'm to. Not the. Not a lot of small talk in your world. No, no. No, like, yeah. like at meetings, you know, and our, our, you know, our, our third amigo here. Yeah. John uh, Kaplan. Full-time amigo yeah. here, John Kaplan. He, he's a small talk guy. Yeah, he and I'm is. like, okay, let's Well, that's because he's, his background's in sales. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <clears throat> and sales guys, you know, they, they know how to sure. work that. And, okay, that's interesting. Because, uh, uh, you know, what I'm used to is somebody paid me for 50 minutes of my time. So we're going to make the so most of this. What brings you in? Yeah. I love. You remember on? that? Remember that show, Nip and Tuck? Yes. About the plastic surgeons. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Got really, really racy and and very, very dark. And weird, yeah, and like they, once they moved from Florida to California that was it. Or that was the that big, was the yes. turning point. I yeah. watched the first couple of seasons and I couldn't watch it after that. And the one guy had to get naked every yeah, single it was, episode. It was salacious. And, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But at the beginning, what I liked is, um, you know, they they would sit down as doctors, and the person mm-hmm. would come in, and their first question was always, "What do you not like about yourself?" Yeah, which is that's a disarming question, right? Because they're they're already you're cutting past all the small talk, and I'm assuming that's why you're here. You're not here because you're 100 percent satisfied. Mm-mm. Yeah, interesting. Now, uh, so so as a therapist, you you jumped right in to the deep end, and as no, a well, I mean, I'm just I, I will do <laughs> I will do you know a couple minutes, and as a a preacher, I always feel the need I kind of got to ease them in. You know, so I'll open with a story oh, or something yeah. like that that kind of eases people into the topic we're going to be discussing. But but that's different when you're speaking, you know, because yeah. we've all met public speakers and, and preachers who uh, you get them alone or in a smaller group of people where they're not uh, on. Yeah. And they're, a lot of them aren't the easiest people. Right. You know, they don't move Socially about. awkward. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's fairly common. 
So, so far, let's see, how many stereotypes have we used? Salesmen love to do small talk, and uh, preachers are socially awkward. Um, Because stereotypes are always true. And um, rude, unkind, or unpleasant people like myself like to make fun of other people and justify their own actions I by calling only, them niceties. I only said people like you. You yeah. added the rude, uh, unkind, uncaring. That was you filled in the blank on that. You're on your own. Gotcha. So that's what that's the tape that's <laughs> going in my head. I'm rude. Mm-hmm. That's your self talk. Well here's a question. What would happen if I walked in and I was suddenly greeting everyone in the office with a warm smile and a how are you doing? And that outfit looks nice on you. We would think Hal has had his meds adjusted. Yes. <laughs> That's what we would think. That type of change. Hal, yeah. Hmm. I the, don't know. What's going on in Hal's yes. world? That's, what is the question? Yeah. You, you might be asking, um, uh, is this a real? Yeah. Right. Okay. And part of it is you have established a persona. Mm-hmm. Now, what what makes our relationship is different because uh, we're friends as well. Like we have a, uh, we spend a lot of time not working mm. together, even when we're supposed to be. Even, <laughs> and we've been friends for a decade, yes. so so I know you slightly differently than people who are our contractors, or our support sure. staff, or people like that, or even your clients. True. <clears throat> so I would recognize some things, uh, you know. But everybody would... Everyone would look at me and right. go, what's going well, on with him? Look at John and yeah. say, you know, is, yeah, is he on his meds? Is he not? Whatever. What's happening yes. there? Is this how uh, on his meds or is this yes. how off of his meds? We're not did, sure, did, but it's did, something did, to did do Georgia with Did Georgia suddenly approve of, of marijuana <laughs> without me knowing? <laughs> did Hal just get yes. back from Colorado? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be something. But it's interesting it's, because uh, it's an interesting topic to think about. That's The stereotypes, they... <coughs> They inform us. They fill in the gaps, right? Sure. And we do that with people because yes. we have lots of gaps. Yeah, like yeah. you say, we know people at various levels, and when we don't know them, uh, we fill in gaps of assumptions. And we're not even aware that we're doing this, but we fill in the gaps, assumptions about who they are. Mm-hmm. And these are based on past experiences, based on past knowledge or information. Right. And it usually comes down to stereotypes. Like I, had re- I recently uh, had someone tell me, um, that they just found out that I used to be a pastor, mm. like a full-time pastor, mm-hmm. and they could not believe. Really? You. Wow, that just, like, I just, I, I did not imagine that, didn't see that or something like that. Interesting. So apparently you, I don't you, carry myself. Well, you do curse. I do, and drink. More and, and uh, drink, more than and, the... And uh, uh, do heroin. Really? Well, and, um... Uh, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was out loud. That was. So... Uh, what happens when we fill in the blank, we fill in the gaps of what, you know, uh, with certain stereotypes, that is one of the things I think that makes change harder to accept. Yeah. When someone does suddenly act... act. <laughs> you turned German. You're yeah. like you're the German in you it's after the, the World Cup. The World yeah, Cup, yeah, yeah. yes. Has really got you embracing your... Herunkel. <laughs> Schweinsteiger. It's many, hard not to say that. How out many loud, times did he yes. get hurt? Oh, Schweinsteiger yeah, yeah, yeah. was he, on the ground, but he did have that gash. Anyways, <clears throat> soccer players are all floppers. Man, you're not kidding. Good lord. 
So no, that's not a stereotype. That's yeah, just a they, statement of fact, yeah, right? That, that, yeah, that's okay. not a stereotype yeah. at all. That is <laughs> proven fact. So <coughs> when someone does something we that's different than our picture of them, we don't know what to do. Right. Which and, and 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 our picture of them is maybe this is a good metaphor. I'm just talk, thinking of this the first yes. time ever. But our picture of people is like three parts actual photograph and 97 parts oil painting that we put on to fill out the picture. Okay, okay. Or it could be, um, like, remember the old connect the dots things? Oh, yeah. You know, where it's kind of half filled in and then you see it in your head and you kind of finish the rest of it. Yes, but the dots were not numbered. Right, and so right. you filled it in. And so when and you someone... may have filled it in incorrectly. Well, that's the deal. Yeah. How would you even know what correct is? So you, mm. you, you define correct by what makes sense to you based on what limited... In, experience. Yes, the limited information you have. Yeah. So, so when someone behaves in a way that you think is out of character. Right. And all of a sudden you don't know what to do with that. Or, yes, you don't know what to do with it, and you don't know mm-hmm. how to respond to that. And the easiest thing in the world is to project your confusion, awkwardness, lack of knowledge, how to respond, project that upon them. Yeah. And say they're doing something differently to disrupt us. Yeah, so something must be wrong with them. Yes. Or something must have happened to them. Um, And it can't be that my assumptions about them were faulty to begin with. Like the transition from your kid to a teenager. Yeah. Is so shocking to so many of us. And we think that's not who they are. That's not at all who you are. You, right. You're you not like that. Right, right. And then we're shocked when they become even more like the person we didn't think they were. Right. Especially the more we try to hold on to them in the image of who they were. The more we try to tell them that's not who you are, the more they kind right. of want it to be who they are. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot in terms of, and this may sound totally random, but in terms of the whole LeBron James thing. Going back home. Okay, now you know that LeBron James is dead to me, right? Yes. Yes, so he, he takes an hour of the uh, everyone's time, and we all sit and watch him give his hometown the finger mm-hmm. for an hour, and I was done with him. I was a big fan In the Boys and Girls Club of Akron? Right, yeah, yeah. I was a big fan before that. Not No fan. Not a fan. Not a after fan. That. Not a fan. Dead to me. Uh, he is dead to me. Because the picture I had of you... <laughs> That's right. ...got changed. Yep. And I That's not who he is. It. That's not who That's he not is. That's not who you are. You've or, changed. Or... Yeah, well, no, you know what? I don't think you said that. I don't no. think you said that. What you said was, the person who I thought you were is not who you really are. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, That's right. Opposite. Yeah, yeah, I've been deceived I've been to this point. I've been deceived this whole time. Well, and then he, he did kind of embrace that villain role. In that commercial, it was like if you were gonna say that about me, then fine, I'll just well, sure. you know, because sure. he's an adolescent still. Well, maybe not now, but he was when he filmed that commercial. I think interesting. Also, not one championship, not, not two championships, oh, not, not six. three championships, not, not six. Not six. Yeah, oh, you know, all that. Okay, all right, absolutely. I'm done with you. And now here he comes, going back home. How long did it take the city of Cleveland to embrace that guy again? Just to uh, wholeheartedly, man, that guy, the the owner who uh, had that open letter on the website until like five days ago. 
And yeah, well, until he actually started having conversations. Uh-huh. Yeah. How about we pull that one down? Yeah. But yeah, that that letter that he wrote excoriating him, yes. writing him off like so you you're did. You're dead to me. Yes. Yeah, they basically. Yeah, that's so amazing. It's interesting you said that because I, I have counseled a number of people that ba- that's basically the message they got there from their parents when they started to become who they really were in adolescence, right? And their parents couldn't handle it and, and just said, look, you're dead to me. Oof. Yeah, that's that's hard. A guy I know, he said you're you're uh, uh, you've moved to the bottom of my list. See the word uh, hatred mm. or hate in uh, Hebrew mm. is not like to intensely dislike someone. It is indifference. Mm. It implies a cutting off, right? As if that person no longer exists. So so it, it, the there's a you know a Jewish and an an idiot. Uh, Idiom? Yiddish, Yiddish idiom Alrighty. that that says you're dead to me. That's where that's the culture that comes from. Gotcha. You are dead to me. I have no son. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what hatred sure. is in that culture. Sure. And that's what you experience with LeBron James. And yeah. so now, when he does something seemingly noble i don't know if noble yeah i was gonna say it's hard to include nobility when those kinds of dollar figures are being passed around but he was going to get those dollar figures wherever he went yeah and did you see the economic estimate of what his value is to the city of cleveland no i'm sure it's astronomical 500 million oh my goodness gracious 500 million dollars into that tax base this year because of this one guy and he's getting 21 i get it I you know I I've never been one to uh, to say they shouldn't make the money they're making. That's oh, good the, lord! They, they see, the deal is nobody publishes how much the owners make. Oh uh, yeah, of course. And yeah. again, how much revenue is generated in the city of Cleveland because of that franchise? And because if that franchise is successful, sure, then that revenue goes up. Well, I mean, and nobody has this effect on sports, by the way, more than Tiger Woods. Mm. What he has done for the entire sport of golf across all leagues across the entire planet when he is out with an injury, and yeah, and it's with like all up, of that, it it's really up to is. the billions wow. of dollars lost. Do you think he'll ever win another? Uh, yeah, uh, another major. Yeah, he will. He, he will? will. Yeah, right. So if I set that over under at point five, you would take the over. Oh, I, I think he'll win like three more. I don't think he'll get three that. more. Yeah, I think if I set that over he's under thir- at two point five, he's only thirty eight. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. VJ, I, VJ won in his 40s, Phil's won in be. his 40s, blah, blah. I, I would like to see it. Yeah, anyways. Oddly enough, it's interesting you should bring up that parallel. Mm-hmm. Because for whatever reason, I never wrote Tiger off the way I wrote LeBron off. Well, that is fascinating. <clears throat> Even though I know that Tiger was doing all these nefarious things behind the scenes. but S- I think Sleeping with 16 women? I think it's because he was doing that behind the scenes. So it wasn't a... On TV, I'm making this decision. I'm asking you to watch. Yeah. yeah it wasn't I think that as was intentional. It. Yeah. it was more he recognized it was bad behavior, and so he and kept it hidden. I think that's it. That's it. But you'll, So you'll forgive that. Yes. The seemingly almost unintentional sin or the, you know, call it at least the sin he fe- has misgivings about versus the... Pure, un- oh, intentional. I'm doing it right, right, in, front right of you. in front of you. Yeah. So it didn't matter the rate that uh, LeBron raised two and a half million for charity that one hour. Um, I don't know. For the Boys and Girls Club, uh, I don't know. Done, I mean, they used it to sponsor a group of third graders in Akron, Ohio, every year. That doesn't 
than I mean, I, hey, I, I I don't know. I couldn't stand the Heat and couldn't stand LeBron until. Uh, what we're getting at, yeah, is, is everything is complicated. We want everything, and I think that's the the appeal of stereotypes. Yeah, is that it makes it simple. Sure, because I can categorize you. Well, how's a therapist? Mm-hmm. So you know how he's going to be because mm-hmm. therapists are always like that, and then it's uncomplicated. It just enables us to fill in the gaps or the dots that we don't have. Well, John is in sales, so that's going to be sure. why he thinks this way and does that. Now I don't have to think about him too much. When I think about John, I can pull up everything in the file that I know about salesmen. Right. You know, I I think that is the appeal of these stereotypes. And then we put them into labels. And I think that's the difficulty of change. And, as you were saying, that's the problem with our teenagers. Mm -hmm. I've studied my teenager long enough. I've studied my child long enough to where I know them. I know them. So now I don't have to think about them very much. Or when I think about them, I know what I'm thinking, I know what I'm expecting, and I know what buttons to push in order to get them to be even more of what I need them to be. Right. And then uh, all those things that used to work used to, in order to do that, start backfiring. And that's not just true of our kids. It's true of our spouses. It's true of our parents. Yeah, that I would say, you know, it, it's not, we've talked about this before, but w- one of the most uh, foundational shifts in a family occurs in the life phase that uh, you and I are in right now. Where our teenagers, the where our first children are becoming one, teenagers. The, yes. And the, no, the first one has be, is beginning the launching process. Right. Because it happens to occur usually during the midlife phase. Phase. And so all these things, and that means you are squeezed on both ends because uh, uh, you are dealing with aging parents. You know, you've dealt with that recently. Yeah, I'm recently, dealing with that now, yeah. Recently. My mother and right. yeah, health stuff. So that has happened. And you're about to go to Phoenix to probate and get a house sold and exactly. that belonged to your father-in-law. And yep. I mean, those, those. so you're dealing with that. Meanwhile, the college pressure of, holy crap, I don't have the money to pay for this thing and you know, so I got to earn more, and this is my highest earning period. So I got to do that now. But at the same time, every message I'm hearing around me is I got to spend more time, more time with my family. Yeah. But when I spend more time with my family, guess what? My teenager doesn't want to spend more time with me, and so I feel like I can't win either way. And then when I try to, so I end up going home. Yeah. This is this is me. I mean, I'm just being yeah. very transparent. This uh-huh. is me. A lot of times, I end up going home because I feel like I should spend time yes. with my family, and and nobody wants to spend time with me. And so I end up upstairs watching baseball right. on TV thinking, I could be doing this at a sports bar. True. I could be doing this in San Diego, Chicago. I could be doing this traveling somewhere, doing a speaking engagement. I can watch the game from anywhere. Right. But is there something about my presence being in the house? Well. Even if I'm not engaged and active? It is you. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, yeah, I yeah. understand why I wouldn't want to be with you. And have you seen the, this, um, uh, the longest longitudinal study that Harvard has ever done. Yeah. 75 uh, years. Yeah, Did you see those, that? Those you know? folks, yeah. And one of the things they're showing is that we do continue to grow and that l- late life happiness has very little correlation. Right. To midlife happiness has very little correlation to early life. You've got happiness. to rediscover what gives you, and this sounds wrong, you have yeah. to rediscover what gives you the most value. Yeah. You personally. Right. Yeah, not what makes you the most valuable. No, no, what you value the most. And and what the hardest part, I think, is that we get used to something, mm-hmm. and it changes, and if we kind of allow it to change or, you know, let it happen, then does that mean 
we're shifting our values. So if I allow my daughter to spend more and more time away from us, mm-hmm. does that mean I no longer value family? If, 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 yeah. I'm, if I'm saying, you know what, uh, we're not going to eat dinner together as a family as often as we have sure. because she's on a date. It, 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 does that mean I'm no longer valuing family? You don't family? value the family right. table and those kinds of wholesome but, images that we have that if we can all eat around the dinner table together, and that yeah. that's what makes a healthy family. The biggest, I, I will say, it, if there were one change I could make to change families in America, it would be to institute a one-day-a-week eat family. Everybody have fam- dinner Everybody together. have dinner together? Yeah. You know what? I've never had that actual thought. That could be a campaign. Yeah. I mean, you could get grocery stores involved. You could get local produce involved. Right? Fast food restaurants. Right. Well, you know, KFC is doing their Friday night family game night thing. Have yeah. you seen that at all? Uh-uh. Are you familiar with the details of it? So I guess no, you, I, I, I hear KFC and I, uh, yeah, I, I'm I the same way. I have not had KFC in forever, but I saw the commercial the other night, I guess on the bucket, uh-huh. you know, you get the bucket of chicken, right? On the bucket. I did. Our family... Like little games and stuff. Really? You can do with your kids. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, and of course, I was part of that organization called Family Wise that then became Rethink, and now it's Orange. Mm-hmm. And that's what we used to encourage. One night a, a week. Right. Sit around the dinner table and, and ask these three questions. Mm. It's difficult to do, though. And, like you said, anytime you look for a silver bullet... And sure. that's, I think, again, sure. because that's what we want. That's what stereotypes are. Right. That's what we're, we're gravitating towards clarity and away from confusion. Yeah. But we do so in a way that we, we look for a silver bullet and we think, okay, so if I have dinner around the dinner table with my family, right. then we will be the perfect Norman Rockwell family. If my wife and I have a Friday night date night, right. Then that guarantees will, or you know, a lot of religious does, people will say, yeah, if you if go to the same yeah, church and you pray yeah. together and you do those kinds of things, then and all of that is a problem. Trouble. It's a mixture of correlation with causation. Yeah, right? just because those things happen to occur with family, if with families that mm-hmm. uh, don't get divorced, doesn't mean that's what's going to lead your family to not get. You know, but isn't that? I mean, apart, again, right. because we're, and I think the impulse that leads us to there is this desire for everything to be either. In the, you know, wearing a black hat or a white hat. Sure. And we want it to as, be in this bucket or in that bucket. And either as it were or as it needs to be in the future. We don't, what we don't deal with is the change. That, when it's in that larva yes. stage. Yes. When it's different than it was. Yeah. But and it's it not yet what it's it, not yet what yeah. I think it needs to be. And I don't know if it's going to be. The problem with the whole thing is all of that is my projection process. Yeah. The stereotyping is my projection process. The reaction that I have to the change is my projection process. And the reason why we project, and I'm not really meaning to sound like Freud as much <laughs> as I am, but the reason why yeah, we... I've recently had like a total rediscovery of Freud. Well, the guy's The guy was really sharp. Now, I know a lot of his stuff has been debunked or it has been devalued. It's not even taught in do a lot of Do you believe your anymore. mind has a subconscious? I do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's I know. just basic... You know what turned me around on that? I, yeah. It was Blue Jasmine. Oh, I didn't see it. It deeply, deeply Freudian. Gotcha. We choose our own psychosis, basically. Gotcha. Which, and it really has turned me... The the Woody Allen movie yeah, with, yeah. Uh, what's her face? Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, and she's a magnificent performance. Yeah, you know that. what? I can't... I decided... Here's why I couldn't watch that movie. Because she's an alcoholic and a psycho. And yeah. I have 
had plenty of those oh, in, I, in my I see. office. Yeah, right. Okay. I don't need to be entertained by one. Because I see. I know that it's not always entertaining living well, with one. And this, and and this, not this shows that. I know. I know. It's, I heard it's an incredibly accurate de- depiction. And her performance is magnificent, but the root of it is very, very deeply, deeply Freudian. So, so my Freudian thing is that I'm projecting onto you the confusion and related discomfort that I have when what I'm seeing doesn't match with what I have been seeing or what I think I should be seeing. So you're changing, and I don't know what to do about that. Mm. The reality is that I'm I'm changing constantly as well. Right. So how I see you... if 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 you remain constant because my perception changes... You me, will appear to be changing. Yeah. Me saying you've changed in and of itself is, is, is a misnomer, right? Right. It, it's, it, my perspective of you or my perception of you has changed. So I'm... And here's the thing. What we like to do then is we like to find other people who agree with us. So uh-huh. again, let's go back to yeah, the silly yeah, example. Yeah. I walk in and I stop at each person's desk, <laughs> right? And with a big smile on my face. Did you have a great uh, weekend? Yes. What'd you do this weekend? Yeah, what did you... Do you got big plans for yes. tonight? You know that color looks good on you, right? Oh. I mean, yeah. Okay, so if you I did that... you do something new with your hair? Yeah, if I did that, <laughs> step by step by step. Now, the first person who experienced it would be left with some discomfort or just some... Yeah. Yeah. So what the, what that person would do is then try they would go to another person and see if they had the same experience. Yeah. Have because, you seen Hell today? Yeah. So if we have an, enough people who are in agreement that you're the one that has changed, that something is different about you. Yes, then we don't have to at all analyze that I may be different. Right. Yeah. Receiving that. And again, because we're weird and broken and dysfunctional people. Yeah. I don't have. Well, to, you are. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I was referring to me when I said people. Because I have multiple personalities. Um, uh, I don't have to wonder anymore if anything you said was true or accurate. I can dismiss it wholesale Mm. because something's wrong with Hal today. Mm. That's the only reason he said that. Hal is not interested in my family. This color does not look good on me. I have not lost weight. My hair looks worse than normal. Something's wrong with Hal. Mm. All of which may be true. Yeah, which usually is. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> it is so we're looking at the change happening with our children and one of the things that we see happening with uh, a lot as kids become teenagers or as our spouses kind of go through midlife sure right what, what we see a lot is okay there's got to be somewhere a norm that I can compare what I'm seeing to. Mm-hmm. So are there a ton of people that have experienced the same thing? Right. So then I go to other parents and go, are you doing this with your right. kid? Or I hang out with the guys and I go, any of your wives ever say this? Right. Which can be incredibly helpful. Sure. Unless we are not at the same time also asking the same question about us. Have you noticed anything differently about me? Yeah. Does this right? color look good on me? <laughs> Does this color look good on me? 
right. you have to have someone who will tell you the truth about that too. Dude, that color is awful on you. That is very, very helpful. That that is a blessing of teenage girls, by the way. They will tell oh, you my word. straight up when it, yeah. yeah, it was like my daughter was thirteen when suddenly my um sandals disappeared. <laughs> Where are my sandals? Your mandals. <laughs> and my daughter and my wife together, they were like, uh, where they belong in, at Goodwill. In the trash. <laughs> good, in a landfill yes. out at the edge of town. What? Really? And, they, and they just gave us, they gave me this condescending smile. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then your son comes along and says, I thought they looked great, Dad. Uh-huh. Yep. When he, he wouldn't say that about anything, though. No, not now, but... No, that's yeah. for sure. Maybe when, yeah, when he was 10. Mm-hmm. Maybe back when. So that's what, right, buddy. They did look great. Let's yeah, go get ice cream. You know, but then but, but then, if your wife actually agrees... And, oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then, again, like, why wouldn't she just tell you? Well, why would she need permission from a 14-year-old to tell you that your sandals don't... Your mandals are And my, are wife, awful. Re- my wife really doesn't. Yeah, your, your wife is remarkable right, about that. But, but... You know, the reason why is because... What, again, this is a great example. We don't like to think that... Uh, the reason why she feels reticent to tell me the truth, it's not about her. Right. The reason why it, it, it's about both of us, it's because she might have a little awkwardness about that and a little insecurity. I might have a lot of insecurity, and I have dumped that on her. Right, saying, and so she is afraid of how you are going to respond because if she tells you that. Because she's afraid of how she's going to react to mm-hmm. me if I respond poorly. Yeah. And she's probably floated some things in the past. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Not at the level of your sandals are ugly, but, right. you know, hey, are you sure you're going to wear those sandals? You know, mm-hmm. some things in the past that you have not Yeah, I'm trying to think up. of all the passive-aggressive ways we, we kind of so slip in. You know, sometimes it's, it's you see, you know, somebody, and, no, oh, I think that looks good on, you know, I think sandals, you know, I don't know if sandals look good on, yeah, yeah, on yeah. that guy. That's yeah. the way it starts. Yeah. I don't know if sandals look good on that guy. I'm huh. not sure about men in sandals. But then, That's then where it really starts. Yes, and right. it's like, maybe some guys, yeah. like guys like this yeah. can get away with it. But I think yeah, mature, dignified-looking men can't get away My wife finally <laughs> revealed it to me is, look, if you're a man... And you are wearing sandals that have a wrap on the back of the foot. Okay. Then it makes you look like a little boy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cute little boys in their jean shorts and their little sandals, you know, stumbling around at four years old. That's adorable, (laughs) right? But but, so you can wear... But 40-year-old... Yeah, you can wear Birkenstocks. Again, they don't have a wrap around the back of the heel. Okay, they've got the strap. It's, yeah, it's a slip-in... Yeah, right? I, I, it's so not either, a between the toe thing. No, you can do it's an you can over do, the toe thing. You can do Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks Birk are, but you can do flip flops. Okay, yeah, yeah, you can do flip flops. Okay, right, because flip flops kind of have that beach cool sure. vibe. Just do everyone a favor and yeah. buy a new pair every year. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah the, the, the Jimmy Fallon thing. Five dollar foot thongs. <laughs> 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 that's what, what flip flops are. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> back to the uh, stereotyping at hand. All men look bad, and, and yeah, you know, <laughs> and all women are afraid to talk to their husbands. Right, right. The and key. all teenagers will tell you the truth. True, all of which is just sometimes pure, yeah. true. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing about stereotypes and about labels. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a power to them, 
and they have an appeal to them. They're not based they're incorrect. in correct. They're not based in La La Land, though. Right, right, right. They have some measure of connect correctness to them. Sure, sure. You know, yeah. So, you so invent them the, out of fantasy. Exactly. It, it is uh, universal enough. Which that, that's that people, a contradiction in terms. But, but the reason yeah. why enough people get together to label it as a stereotype is because that is a projection onto that person. And because it makes it easy. So think about it this way. I've never had this thought before, but... Since we're just processing. You know, uh, like a film noir thriller where it's, uh, you know, it's dark streets at night... And there's a lamp post. And, and there's a tenor saxophone playing yes. somewhere in the background. And there's and, a yeah. there's a voiceover in the background. And, dames. Uh, dames, exactly, exactly. I never should have trusted this one. Yeah, exactly. But I went against my instincts. She walked into the room yes. like a hurricane. She Blonde. left the room <laughs> like a cool summer breeze. <laughs> yes. So it all follows that same so. But the image, the image of uh, you know a, a dark alley but a lamp burning a light right and this yeah. person's the 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 narrator or, or the, the guy with the private eye the, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Under, under the detective. the gumshoe yeah, under the yeah, lamp yeah. right yeah so it's casting a shadow whenever mm-hmm. but he's lit so if you imagine all of us is walking around with that this spotlight on us right mm-hmm. now i'm going to switch from freud to jung <laughs> okay if you don't mind from fraser to Niles. There you go. Yes, that's right, because Niles was a Jungian psychoanalyst. So Jung had this concept of the shadow self. Yes, which is a brilliant, actually, brilliant really, concept. It really yeah. is. It, because what he's saying is we each have dark sides to ourselves. And oftentimes they correlate with the things that we lead with, with what we think are our strongest assets. Mm-hmm. There is a correlation between that and a particular vice or weakness okay no like yes yeah, yeah, like yeah, power yeah. yeah right and how he saw it was that we try to hide and pretend there's not a dark side mm-hmm. as if we're lit up by a lamp and we pretend there's not a shadow that gets created and what he would say is the brighter the light the darker the, the darker shadow. and longer the shadow mm-hmm. right and so we walk around with this, and, and we kind of have this innate sense that this is on us. It's interesting. We, you know, one of the things about being an adolescent that is so difficult, can be so difficult, is you do feel like you are on stage. You just caught yourself, didn't you? Yes. You caught yourself using a universal. And I stopped. And you stopped yourself. One of the things that can be difficult about yeah. being an adolescent is you feel like you're on stage all the time. Yeah. So, uh, someone, all this spotlight is on me. This so blemish, I have a ble- yeah, Exactly. Yeah, it's the know, size of a trash can. Everyone's lid. going to see yeah. it. It's the only thing people are going to notice today. I, don't, I can't go to school. Meanwhile, you, the other 2,000 people in your school are having the exact same thought about these jeans. I've grown, and my mom hasn't bought new jeans, and these and so are, they're I'm high water. flood pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. I'm <laughs> wearing high water and they're going to criticize me, <laughs> right? Or, you know, uh, another one, yeah, we're all having that sense. Yep. But here's, uh, all right, I just went to, I just realized even more why Facebook is the high schoolization of, of culture. <laughs> why, because why you're voluntarily that? now stepping into that. Please shine oh, a yeah. spotlight on me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at my kids. I mean, not yeah. look at me, but look at my kids, It's almost right? like we're you, fighting for that attention. Oh, and absolutely. The, the attention that we wanted but didn't want in high school, it's the same thing. Yeah, we kind of want it and we kind of don't want because it. Because the last thing, we don't want it on our dark selves. No. On our shadow selves. No. So nobody leads with that. Nobody posts 
unflattering photos right. of themselves on Facebook. And if someone else does, you will block it or untag yourself or do whatever you must do to distance. Right. So what you do is you shine, you try to project the light onto somebody else. Okay. So you project the light by pointing out someone else's shadow, because once you shine a light on somebody else, then it's easier to see their shadow. The difficulty, it's hard to see your shadow. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because if the light's in front of you, and that's how Jung came up with the thing, he was, it was actually, he was... He was in a storm, and he was walking uphill to his house, and he, all he had was a candle, and he's trying to, and he put the candle, and the, the yeah, darker yeah. it got, the brighter the candle got, but then he looked behind him, and then the longer, the his, longer shadow his shadow was, was, right? And so the brighter the candle, the longer the shadow was. Right, so we try to project it onto others. It's not me, it's you. I'm not changing, you're changing, right? You're the one. I've always been the same. Yes, you know, I, I, I'm exactly the same as I always have been and right. always will be. And of course, of course, they assume that's good. Yeah, which is terrible. That's a, a death sentence. That's right. awful. Yeah, that is. That's the mummification of... It really is. Yeah, I'm stuck. I'm frozen in amber. I will never learn. I'll never grow. I'll never change. The mummification of marriage. Ooh. That's not bad. That's not. That's not bad. You had a... Uh, were they premarital counseling yeah. clients? Yeah. Were, were you telling me that? Right, right, right. Yeah, I think I tell it in the marriage book. Yeah, that uh, we're going to have the perfect marriage. As provided. long as she never changes. Yeah. Right. Well, that's horrible. She's never going to read a book. She's never going to see a movie. She's never going to meet a new person. She's never going to try a new restaurant. She's never going right. to change. Right. Never going to want to switch jobs. Yeah. And see, we think Obviously, it's because... He's, he's free to do any of that. Yes, he's free to change and learn and grow and all that. Right. But we, we tend to associate never change because you're perfect the way you are. Mm-hmm. But But perfect, again, I think some of this is our language itself betraying us. Perfect, we tend to think of as... Um, you know, this idea, we've attained an ideal. Right. Whereas perfect may mean suited for its purposes. At the time. A- at the time. Yeah. So we, we, the people, in order to form a more perfect union, mm-hmm. because we're trying to make our union more suited. Right. It's a, per- it's a process. It's yeah. a more perfect union to do what it needs to do. Um, so it's a functional definition. So all this makes me think of this study. This idea that we project upon people and we operate with that projection, uh, and so when they change, it forces us to reevaluate the projection. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the youngest you child, oh, youngest child study. Fascinating. Yeah, this is really, really interesting. Fascinating. So apparently, the conclusion is they just did it on mothers, but I'm sure I'm sure it's the same thing with fathers. We'll see. But mothers underestimate the height of their youngest child. So if you have more than one child. Right, and I were to ask you as a mom, yeah. not you, Hal, yes. but you, and, listener, and as a mom, is, how tall right. is your, your youngest, youngest child? And, and I give you a, a list of th- options to choose. You would choose usually. They said two to three inches shorter than they actually. And they were. really are. Your child is taller than you think they and are. And it only does this with young, with their baby, with their youngest Only with the youngest. Child. Now, you had a similar experience with Brandon getting his uh, uh, learner's permit, right? the thing in the world, because here's the thing, I know exactly how tall Brandon is. We measured all yeah. the time, because also he's an athlete, and sure. he's always so trying he, to grow. Sure, so he and they've got measure Exactly, he just went to a physical Height, stuff. today. And so, so how tall is he? He's five, a little over 5'8". Five, okay, 5'8". Right? Okay. That's, that's, that's almost average height, Man in America, right? Five nine, yeah, five nine is, and a half. It is. it is true. His sister is five 
three and a half. Okay, so she is, you know, He's I don't know four, what the average right? height of a woman is, five four probably. Yeah, yeah, I would she's guess. a little less than that. So she is, is four and a half, five inches shorter than him. How tall is Jenny? Jenny's five, five and a half. Okay, so. all right. Right. Almost, and you're yeah, six five, foot. Six, and I'm six foot. Yeah. So uh, he gets his learner's permit a couple months ago because he turned 15. Right. Yeah. Now she has been had her full driver's license for yeah, a couple of year years. and a half. Yeah. Year and a half. Right. She's 17 and a half. So full driver's license, year and a half and driving all over the place, whatever. So when he gets his, it, it comes time like two months before he gets hey, his we gotta learner's take permit. Brandon yeah. Get his yeah. We got to schedule this. And I got to had to schedule his driver's ed, which he just finished last week. Got to schedule that. And the initial thought was, now I didn't say, um, wait, he's not old enough. I, I know he's 15. But my initial thought that I didn't speak out loud to anybody is. Good. How's he going to reach the pedals? <laughs> How's he going to reach? How's he going to reach five foot pedals? seven? Yeah, at the time, yeah, yeah. He's Plus, they make seats that adjust. But, but he's yeah. four inches, five inches taller than his sister, who's been driving all. Who I taught to drive, yeah. who's been driving all over the place. Did it ever occur to you when it was time to take her to get her permit that she wouldn't be able to reach the pedals? No. How? See, that is so weird that our our minds do stuff like that. Because I'm used to her being old enough. Plus, your mom drives everywhere. Your mom is. Yeah, exactly. yeah she's, she's not even five foot tall. I don't. She? I don't think she exists. Yes. Yeah. Right. She's so <laughs> short. She doesn't exist. <laughs> it is amazing that I ended up six foot tall. Yeah. Coming. Uh, so. All right. Well, I just said something. What did you say? It was good too. What, that, did, what did I say? <laughs> that your mom doesn't exist. Yes. <laughs> That's the Freudian <laughs> slip. There it is. That's got to be yeah, something there for, for that. No, I was. We were talking about um, that that um, daughter. That, yes, that I think she has always been um, uh, old enough. And God, we got to replay that because I was going to say it. And, it and gonna, he's you know, never been. He's yeah, always he, been too young. Yes. Right. That's that's the basically it. He, she's always been old enough to, and he's always been uh, uh, too young to. Where the, whether it's you know at the the theme park and one can ride rides and one and can't, can't the, or stay home by stay themselves right. or go for a sleepover yes, or exactly. anything. She's always been old so, enough to. And this is you. You're the champion of you know get them out a, a little bit earlier than than a lot of other parents. And I but have even you, done that. I have done it. It sure. has it has not. I don't think. Affected my actions with my son. Okay, but it did affect your thought process. It just was, that was the first initial gut. Your, your right. first thought was, how's he going to reach the pedals? And this is, and I'm the guy how that... How tall were you when you learned it, right? Oh, uh, you were you were tall early. No, I was tall late. So... But how, I was, by the time I was 16, 15, I'm, no, I remember 14, I mean, I was 14, I was like 5'2". Yeah. I'm a short little, short little dude. I grew <laughs> nine, nine inches my... Oh my gosh, that had to have been awful. Yeah, in a year and a half, I grew like nine inches. So, all of this to say, change happens. Change is inevitable. Well, it, it's constantly happening. Right? And it's not, it's, it's not only constantly happening in the people around you, although that is true. Mm-hmm. It's happening in you. It's happening to the people within you, the yeah. various people within you, yeah. the, the dark side shadow people, right? Are constantly uh, shifting and changing. Sure. And... Your what used to be a strength may not be a strength as much anymore, and what used to be a weakness may not be as much of a weakness mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Those things change and shift, and the personality profile, the Myers Briggs test that you took in college, 
may not hold true anymore. You've been telling people you're an INTJ for 25 years. It mm-hmm. may not be the case anymore. Mm-hmm. You change. You you learn. You grow. You you become a different person, and that's a positive thing. In ourselves, we champion self growth, personal growth. If it's intentional. Well, yeah. What we don't like is the growth that happens unintentionally, which is actually the more common. Mm. It's the the growth that we have to do because in order to survive, we have to make an adjustment to a change that we didn't around us or within us or with somebody else, a change we didn't anticipate. Mm. That's That's the most serious growth that occurs is how, okay... I have to adjust the, um, you know, the uh, dissolution of a relationship or the yes, or five getting fired, death of a right, a, or a, someone a, in your office quitting, death you know? of a family member, yeah, you know, somebody in your office quitting. Which, yeah, I mean, everybody deals with that, right? That uh, your services are not as valued as as they used to be, right? That so here you are in your mid forties and you're trying to reinvent yourself and you're trying to get back out there on the market, right. whether that's a dating market or a job market. Mm. Oh God. I could imagine dating right now. That'd be horrible. Dating market. Oh, my God. But things happen. Yeah. And we have to change, and we have to adapt. And that's the growth that actually, I mean, it's... Once we begin to do that, though, we recognize change is happening around us all the time, and this is the attraction of Buddhism, I think, to a lot of folks. Just uh, the less attached we are to things as they are. Exactly. Right? Then those those, uh, adjustments we make become easier. And I get it. Routine... You know, sure. you know, having your like, like route that. that you take every day to sure, work and, sure. and the time you get up and the, when you work out and all that stuff, it can be very comforting. But when we grow so attached to them that we cannot function without them, when right. there's a detour, when there's road construction, when there's right. a, a traffic accident, when your gym changes ownership and changes business hours, all those things seem like minor inconveniences, but they can stack up on you. And if you have become so attached to things the way they are, that you can't function otherwise, then it's time to assess your um, willingness to continue to grow and champion change in the people around you. You know that color looks good on you, right? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Did you have a good weekend? (laughs) I didn't, but thank you for asking. Thanks for listening to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. Two guys trying to figure out how to calm down so that we can grow up, so that we can get a little bit closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week. Bye.